You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. He looked at my results and he said, your histology tells me that you finished cancer treatment in April this year. I said, yep, that's correct. Mm. He says, but your, your, your bloods tell me that you are twice as healthy as I am. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Dez with you once again all around Australia. We really, really appreciate you tuning in and taking some time to uh, spend some time with us. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. Love you to check that out after the show. Find out a bit more about who we are, what we aim to do, and, uh, you know, some of the shows that we've done thus far. Also, if you'd like to financially support this ministry, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. MomentumAustralia.org. But let's throw to my co-host and friend, Dez. How are you this week, my friend? You good? Um, I'm, as always, I'm really good, man. Thank you. Uh, I trust you're well too and uh, an exciting show ahead of us today. But I just want to say that we have a new support line for men, which we call Momentum Care Line. And we're so blessed to have this number. It's one 800 men which is 636. The service is actually provided by our friends at Caroline Connections. Any man can reach out and get help seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. The number again, one 800 men or 636. Yeah, get connected, guys. I'd love you to use the number and uh, stay in touch as well. And of course, you can reach out to us at the MomentumAustralia.org website as well. You may have heard that uh, the saying that the first wealth is health. And if you've ever had a season where you've been unwell or you've suffered an injury, uh, you'll know how much that impacts on your everyday life, your mental health as well. Uh, it can also make you reevaluate what is really, really important. And to that end, we have with us today the CEO of the Bible League Australia, Hilton Edwards, who has survived a battle with cancer. We're going to unpack that story today and and hear how that season affected him and his outlook on life. Welcome to Momentum, Hilton. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Uh, I love the, what you guys do, and uh, yeah, it's just good to be a part. Yeah, well, we're grateful, mate, because, uh, you know, I mean, this is actually the first time that we've talked about cancer on Momentum. Mm. Uh, After, I think, 80-odd episodes, we've never actually broached this subject. So thanks for agreeing to come on the show and and share your journey with us and your story. I suppose before we get to that part of your life, obviously, if in those few seconds that you just spoke, guys have gone, okay, so he's not from Australia. (laughs) There's an accent. (laughs) Tell us a bit about your backstory. Yes, uh, South African. I'm sure you've picked it up. And uh, yeah, my South African friends said to me, I sound too Aussie now because I use words like heaps and good day, mate, and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, yeah born and bred South African, uh, born in Port Elizabeth, uh, spent the first 18 years of my life there, uh, then went to the army. Uh, we had to do army in South Africa, so mm. conscription, so did two years of army. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Never really interested in, in faith. Uh, my mother was a Christian. She dragged me along to, to uh, church and uh, not really interested. Uh, yeah, after after school and, and, and throughout the army time, I was very much off the tracks uh, mm. and did all sorts of experimenting with all sorts of things. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, we'll, we'll leave that to our imagination. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, just really not in a good place. And um it took it took a lot to get me back uh, to to where God wanted me to be, and um, yeah. So for the first part of my life, very much off track, and then finally uh, came back to yeah to God, and mm. uh, really uh, through I suppose circumstance, but I suppose we don't really think of it like that because we know God plans our mm. our, our path for us, mm. and um, sure. And then eventually uh, coming across to Australia, uh, you know, so in 2011. So it's it's been a a, a journey. 
um, and and an exciting one, but also had some stuff happen over that time, which uh, yeah is is uh, good to be able to share. Yeah. What age did you come to faith? So I came to faith in two thousand and two. Right. So yeah, I was already in my thirties. Um, it's probably quite late to come to faith, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's cool. never too late. To I know, I, I know that. But, uh, but you know, I think for me, you know, you know, if, if people know me, they'll know that Hilton's got two speeds: fast and off. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so, so they know I kind of like to get stuck in and get stuff done. And so, for me, yeah. when I came to faith, I thought, man, you know, I've, I've I've really missed out on 30 years of my life here because I've I've you know wandered in in the mm. wilderness, so to speak, mm. for a long, long time. Um, but then I came into faith and and really got stuck into to doing stuff here. It's amazing, actually, because I can outdo you. Uh, I was uh, I was well into my late mid fifties uh, when I came to Christ, and and actually it's interesting. I had exactly the same view. I have wasted all these years, and I, I needed to catch up, so to speak, or serve God more, uh, uh, and dedicate my life more to serving because it wasted so many years. So I I totally get that. So you came to faith in your thirties. You arrived in Australia. I think you said twenty eleven. Yeah. Um, when were you diagnosed then with cancer? Okay, so 2009. So we're rewinding back to okay. South Africa. Right. Okay, so um, I was actually going to go on, on holiday to Zanzibar. And um, part of the process is you need to actually get a yellow fever jab. And so I went to go and get my yellow fever jab. And the GP was my normal GP and he was the travel doctor. Right. So he kind of looks mm-hmm. at me and says, oh, Hilton, you know, you haven't, uh, you know, been in for a long time to come and visit and I said well you're not exactly my destination of choice <laughs> <laughs> why would I want to you know kind of thing and he, he said well you know you, you're getting on in years you know and uh, you know you should just probably have a, a, a checkup and, and that sort of thing and I said okay fine you know let, let's schedule it in mm. done you know mm. so I booked an appointment and um, I went literally the, the Friday before I flew out to Zanzibar on the Saturday and then came back from Zanzibar a week later and I get this call from the doctor's office and the reception lady says to me she says you need to come in and see the doctor and uh, hmm. now that's never a good phone call it's never a good phone call because if it's not no. too bad she can usually tell you what the deal is yes but when she yeah. says you've got to come in you know it's bad there's something happening yeah and so i went in and uh, yeah the doctor said to me he said you know you've got we've picked up that you've got cancer and um you know we want to send you for some more tests and scans and all the stuff so so that was really the start of the journey right and, uh, so so what was your reaction when you got that news i mean immediately you hear you've got cancer what was your reaction well a disbelief because <laughs> it was it yeah. was interesting um at that stage i was i was running marathons so i was right. i was running yeah. between 140 and 160 kilometers a week oh my gosh yeah so Wow. I was fit. So you fit. I'm fit, you know, and, and I mean, you look at me now, it's a little bit of a different story, but but at that stage, I was really fit and, <laughs> and fairly lean. And so you kind of don't expect something like that to happen to you. Mm. So no. there's that disbelief and you sort of think, well, maybe he's got it wrong or you know, you know, let's go for these tests yeah. and prove him wrong or mm. something like that. Mm. But in the back of my mind, it, it was also very real. Um, and, and, and yeah, so I, I went for the test and found out that, yeah, it was. I, I had cancer, a colon cancer. Um, it was exceptionally aggressive. Wow! When they did the scans, um, they literally said to me, "You've got about six weeks to live." Oh my gosh! Wow! Yeah. So, so how do you respond to that? Uh, the, the awesome thing is, is I was a Christian, and, and so I could actually just 
take it to God and say, look, Lord, I don't know how to respond to that. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. what to do right now because being told you've got six weeks yeah. is very little time. Somewhat confronting. Somewhat confronting, you know. And I yes. kind of thought, well, you know, I'd, I'd become a Christian seven years before and I thought I was I was starting on this whole Christian journey and I, I, I you know, enrolled to become yeah. a pastor and I trained and all this sort of stuff. Wow. And I kind of thought like, you know, all this stuff was happening in a, in a positive sense and now suddenly you get hit with this curveball, you know, this cancer curveball. And, and, and uh, it was interesting because when I went to the one specialist who, who referred me to a surgeon, he said to me, he said, oh, Hilton, he says, there's really two surgeons I would recommend. And I said, okay, cool. But I said, you know, when I'd been praying, God had told me the name of the surgeon I needed to go to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so he said, well, was that, that one of the two? That was one of the two. Right. The, the interesting thing was that that particular surgeon, so he phones the surgeon and he says to the surgeon, well, you know, we'd like to book Hilton in to have, you know, this tumor cut out of his colon, et cetera, et cetera. And the receptionist on the other side says, well, actually, the doctor's on leave for a month. Oh. You got, bearing in mind, you've got six weeks. You've got six weeks. <laughs> yeah, you've got six weeks. And, uh, yeah, and, and so the doctor said to me, he said, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go wait four weeks. Can I get the first appointment when he's back? Mm. Wow. That's a brave decision. It shows your reliance on God. I think it's fantastic, by the way, that you were prepared to trust what God had told you um, even though it had potentially a negative outcome. Yeah, it was. I mean, the doctor still said to me after we put the phone on, he said, that's a very high-risk decision. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I get it. But, you know, when God tells me something, mm. I, I need to stand on that. Mm. You know? And so yeah, I said, if God said he's the surgeon, I've got to do it. Can I park that for a moment? Mm. Because at this stage, it seems that you, you didn't wrestle I mean, you had doubts and you had, I suppose, fears and maybe unanswered questions, but some of us, and, and perhaps even myself, would have gone to the Lord and gone, why me? What is this all yeah. about? Like, I would have had this wrestle and perhaps a very strong conversation with the Lord about why. Like, I, I was, what, what is this? I was having those conversations. You did? Okay. <laughs> I was really angry with God. Okay. I was very, very angry with God. And I was having those conversations, but in the same you know, sort of breath, I was also saying, okay, Lord. But I need you. I need you now more than ever. Yeah. And if, if, if this yeah. is what is happening with my life, I've, I'm trusting you 150%. Mm. And and if you're saying that's the surgeon, I'm going to trust you in that. I'm still going to have a sideline argument with you of, of this whole thing because <laughs> I really don't like the situation. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but I'll, I'll conform to, to that which you said, sure. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So before we launch back into the story, let, let's just ask, were you you're married at this stage? You had kids, young yeah. kids? Yeah. What was their response to all of this? It, it, was, it was difficult. You know, I mean, you know, for anybody in the, in the family uh, – you know, getting that kind of news is not easy, and and yes. actually breaking that news to to your family is not easy. Um, and I, and I think that the incredible thing was that as Christians, we we have a faith, we have we have a hope of the future, mm-hmm. um, and and we know God always answers prayer, but He doesn't always answer prayer in the way we always wanted answered. <laughs> so you always got that real sort of aspect of it, and and, and yeah. So whilst the family were shocked. Um, yeah. supportive but also 
asking a whole lot of questions, mm. you know. And and yeah. I think that was the thing was once the severity of it came out, and and they and you had to be careful because like with my kids, it's, it's not easy to tell your kids like you know, yeah. dad's like six weeks away from dead. Yeah, I can remember sharing a milkshake with them and explaining that to them. And I didn't, you know, sort of do the full six week thing and you know, gun to the head kind of thing. But mm. but but it was man, it was one of the toughest things to actually sort of sit across the the table and, yeah. and tell your kids. Yeah. Does it make you think about um, what how you would reacted uh, and dealt with it if you hadn't been a Christian? Did you have that those sort of thoughts? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known have what to do if I if I wasn't a Christian. Mm. But I knew that. Because I have faith, and ultimately eternity is where we're all going to end up. <laughs> you know, the, the earthly yeah. existence, you know, is, is insignificant really in the in the bigger picture. Mm. Um, trying to explain that to a few kids is is not easy, but um, you know, they they did get it, um, and and they knew my faith, and they knew, you know, the journey I'd been on, and so yeah, I, th- I think my daughter was really she's the older of the two, and so she she was probably more aware but also also more understanding of it mm. but yeah it wasn't easy uh and and i think even for them to know that yeah you're going to go through an operation and then a whole lot of treatment afterwards mm. um that in itself was was, was a difficult journey yeah mm. L- let's take a short break and come back and talk about that so we're at this stage in hilton's life where there's been a diagnosis he's now waiting for the surgeon to come and do the surgery Let's hear the other side of this story on the other side of this break. It is Momentum. Tim and Dave's with you. Our special guest is the CEO of Bible League, Hilton Edwards. Uh, love you to have a quick look around our website as we take a short break, MomentumAustralia.org. We're going to hear the other half of Hilton's story in the other half of the show. Stay tuned. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome back to Momentum. Thanks for sticking around and uh, tuning back in. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. And our uh, care line number, by the way, 1-800-000-636. That's 1-800-000-MEN. Love you to give that a call. If you need, do not do this journey alone. And uh, we've got an amazing story that we're going to hear the second part of right now. The CEO of Bible League Australia and New Zealand, Hilton Edwards, is in the studio with us today. Talk about his journey with cancer. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got to the point in your story, Hilton, where you've been diagnosed, you've been given six weeks to live, but the guy who the Lord said, this is the guy that's going to do your surgery, isn't available for another four weeks, yeah. which is cutting it somewhat fine. <laughs> somewhat, yeah. <laughs> you, you've had the conversation with your family, that was really tough. So now you're at this point where you're awaiting surgery, I guess. So pick up the story from there for us. Yeah, obviously the the four weeks was really really difficult to wait um, because yes. you, you you do feel like you're in a, a waiting game, but you're you really got a gun to your head as to you're you know, on pause. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but but pause <laughs> to an end, kind of. It's, yes. it's it's pretty real. Yeah. So it wasn't an easy four weeks, but it it went it went past very very quickly, um, and uh, eventually I was on the yeah on the operating theater table, mm. and uh, it was supposed to be a two hour operation. It was a five and a half hour operation. Wow. Wow. So it was a fast-growing tumor, way bigger than what they expected. When they when they initially found it, it was about the size of a matchbox. Mm-hmm. When they took it out, it was about the size of a grapefruit. Yeah, wow. Can I ask uh, Hilton about that period of the four weeks? Yeah. What was going through your head? How did you deal with that with your friends and you know your family? And how, how did you get through those four weeks? I, I really leaned on God because, you know, yeah. uh, if, if we rewind two years before that, 
I was in Australia and I'd been given a prophetic word mm. about coming to work for the Lord in Australia. Mm. <laughs> and so, so that was the constant reminder in the back of my head. And I thought, there's no way I can die mm. because that word won't come to pass. Mm. And so that just sort of kept moving me forward because I knew there was some, there was more. When you're in that space, I mean, I suppose there'd be some conflict around that to go, okay, but I was given that two mm. years prior. Mm. Now I'm here and this doesn't look good. Mm. So I suppose on one sense, there could be a sense of confusion, but there might be another sense to go, okay, if that's really true, then I, there's a sense of comfort yeah. around that. Yeah. And it's holding the two, I suppose. And it could be any yeah. given moment. It could be any, any I, or either. You're so right, Tim. I went between those two. Yeah. Opposite ends of the, yeah. the, you know, the sort of poles. You know, kind of, it was just that. It was at one moment I was so fearful that I was actually going to die. Mm. And at another moment I was so much at peace because I knew that the Lord had said, Hilton, you're going to go across the seas. You're going to you're going to be used in Australia for ministry, and I, I didn't understand that at all at the mm. time. Mm. Uh, but I trust yeah. God, you know, and and that was just it. Yeah, and yep. so yeah. So your surgery ended up being way longer than you expected. Mm. Tell us about the first moments when you woke up out of surgery. Well, when I woke up, I was in a, a lot of pain, a, a lot of pain. Like I mean, obviously they you know sort of cut open, and 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 that because it was such a long surgery and such a big tumor, they'd cut a lot bigger than they'd projected and expected and all that sort of stuff so mm. so I was you know sewn up but I was in a, a lot of pain and um, you know I remember coming coming around and uh, the first thing they said to me was you can just press this button if you're in pain <laughs> and so, so I literally had this you know medication on tap uh, they didn't tell me that you've only got 20 presses of this thing and right. so I, I pressed it and I ran out you know and uh, it was interesting because the first night uh, so I finished surgery really, really late. I only went in at two p.m. and so five hours. That is after seven, you know, p.m. Mm. And, mm. and the first night, I was I was fairly heavily drugged and you know subdued. Mm. And uh, I came around at one stage, and I'm I'm in excruciating pain. I called the nurses. I said, "Look, this this buzzer thing's not working. Like I keep pressing, <laughs> and, and I'm not I'm not getting any pain relief." And they said, "Well, you've depleted it. You know, like it's only got twenty jabs. So you better, you know." And then I said, "Well, can I get anything else?" And they said, "No." And I said, "You know, I've actually pulled." A muscle in my shoulder it feels like i said can't i just get something else like just for this like you know and they said no we can't give you any meds until 5 a.m until the, the doctors come back on oh dear that's going to be a long night ahead yeah. it was gonna it was a long night ahead the holy spirit though woke me up but well i was hardly sleeping but but kind of you know nudged me at about you know sort of 2 30 and said you need to pray for the guy in the bed next to you <laughs> oh I said, wow. excuse me. <laughs> I need yes, to pray for the guy. Take your focus off yourself. <laughs> like, can yeah. you see this like situation? I've just been yeah. through an operation. Can, can I have some prayer here, please? Because, uh, you know, the bloke next to me doesn't need my prayer. He was actually strapped in. And oh, uh, he'd also really? been in, 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 in the theater that day. I didn't know the story. But something inside me just said, you got to pray. And so I, I literally doubled over because I had to. I, I couldn't stand up straight. I doubled over, got out of my bed, and put my hand on this bloke next to me and started praying for him for like 20 minutes. Wow. Wow. And then got back in wow. bed. And then, yeah, eventually the night ended and, and the doctor came around and prescribed me some more meds. The, the interesting part was the next morning, the doctors all came and did their rounds and and. I was told to stay for another five days of, of recovery and recuperation, which I accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this bloke got sent home. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And 
<laughs> and I questioned God again. I mean, I'd be questioning God the whole time, but this was like a bit much. Come on, Lord, you know, like, what about me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this bloke goes home, and uh, a few hours later, he comes. His wife comes back, and his wife asked at the nursing station, "Who was the bloke who prayed for my husband?" Oh. And they they went to the the sort of record book, and at three a.m., one of the nurses had written. The guy in bed number three was praying for the guy in bed number four. Wow. Wow. And she came to me and she said, she just burst into tears and she said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that was all she could say. And This, lay, is, this is the wife? This is the wife. Right. And I said, wow. well, why are you thanking me? She said, well, she says, I've been married to that guy for 42 years. I've been trying to re- lead him to the Lord oh for gosh. 42 years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. She says, I came to collect him yesterday morning. He he went home. He he asked me. He said, "I want to give my life to Jesus." <laughs> and she said, "Why?" <laughs> and she said, "He said to her, he said somebody prayed for me last night." She pulled out her Bible and she she led yeah. him to the Lord, and he passed away that day immediately. Oh, oh my gosh! And so she came wow. back and said, "You know, I've been trying for forty two years to bring him to Christ, and he's never been interested." Wow. Oh he'd, he'd actually gone home because they'd opened him up and couldn't do anything for him. His cancer was I too see. far gone. Right. They closed him up and were wow. sending him home to die. Wow. Wow. And so in my pain, yeah, prayed for him, but yeah. Wow. There's, I mean, there's a couple of key messages there. One is we God does miracles. Yeah, that was the first point. But two, you were obedient to the call of God and what he asked you to do. And, I mean, both of those are hugely significant, you know, in his journey, clearly, and, and also in your journey. That's amazing. Well, yeah. well that's a, I mean, that's amazing. I, I'm sure I don't know anybody that would listen to that and isn't touched by that. I mean, that's just incredible. Um, let, let's then get back to you. You, you obviously, you, you prayed, you had this conversation with her. Mm. I mean, you're, you're still not out of the woods yet, let's be no, honest. I mean, this is early days for you. Mm. So I suppose then tell us about the next few weeks for you and the recovery. And then obviously, you, I suppose you would have had follow-up treatment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I then went into six months of chemo. So after the operation, uh, a little bit right. of recovery time, six months of chemo, three months of, of radiation therapy, uh, eight weeks of electron therapy. Oh so really just every kind of therapy they could throw at me and, and they always told me it was precautionary which I just don't get it man. either you need to do it or you don't <laughs> what's this precautionary stuff you know and, and so much precautionary stuff yes. you know, sort of thing. Yes, I didn't realize right. but it, what I realized afterwards was that w- when you've had cancer the best time to fight it is the first time mm. Mm. yes okay mm. and so I didn't yeah, realize that no. at the time, but subsequently I've, I've read about it and that, that was the whole thing. So they were throwing the whole lot at it. Mm. In that time, I was like absolutely dead man walking. Right. I, I, I didn't. I actually yeah. made a deal with God. It was kind of funny because I said to him, I said, listen, Lord, I'm going to read one Bible verse and pray one line each day because that's all I've got energy for. Mm. Yeah. He never answered, but he must have been okay with that, you know. So Hilton, did you have any mates around you or you know, close friends from church or wherever who you could confide in or spend time with? Yeah, I did and that that was really what carried me. 
um, you know, obviously God yeah. carried me through it, but but my mates were really really good. I had I had some people from the church. I had people who I was studying uh, theology with because I was studying to be a pastor at that stage. So mm. so it was just yeah. great to be surrounded by those people. Um, and I think yeah. the the amazing thing with those people was they were so in tune with the 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 fact that you need some space. Mm. But the fact that yes. you also need to be there, you know, it's a little bit like the Job story. You know, mm. how much how much can yeah. we be there, but without being, you know, sort of too much? Mm. And and yes. they were really good at that. They were really really good at that. And uh, they yeah journeyed with me, cried with me, prayed with me, all of the above. Mm. Uh, wow! You know, and and oh, just great. yeah helped me through. Yeah. So you you've been through the treatment. At some stage, you would be declared cancer free. How long down the track was that? So I, I had the operation in June, and the next April was my final sort of uh, you know tests and things like that. Uh, and the interesting thing is, I mean, they say cancer in remission, mm. okay, mm. which I, I don't I don't do remission. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I I worship a God who heals. Right. Okay. So yes. I said, look, yes. you know, cancer is no longer welcome in my body, and therefore I don't have cancer anymore. I'm cancer free. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Mm. And, and at the same time, I, you know, the Holy Spirit also said to me, you know, you need to start doing stuff in your life for yourself to help you fight getting cancer again. Because obviously mm. once you've had cancer, the chance of getting cancer again is doubled, mm. which, yeah. is, which mm. is scary odds, mm. you know, kind of thing. It's like, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and at that stage, I was, I was going to come to Australia. Because mm. that was the prophetic word I got. That was what I was standing on. And, yeah. and, and so, but I didn't realize that you can't come to Australia until your cancer count in your blood is at an acceptable level. Right. And so I went, I was finished the treatment in April. In August, I went to the to the doctor uh, that did the, the testing for, for, for Oz to, to, you know, to medically declare you okay. Mm. And he looked, at, he looked at my results and he said, your histology tells me that you finished cancer treatment in April this year. I said, yep, that's correct. Mm. He says, but your, your, your bloods tell me that you are twice as healthy as I am. Wow. Wow. And I kind of looked at him and he said, yeah, he says, once you've had cancer, you've got a cancer count in your blood. And he says, usually once you've had cancer, that doubles. Mm. But he says, yours is halved. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Another miracle. Yeah. And that is the only marker that he can fail you on. Right. Yeah. Is that wow. count? Right. And so he didn't trust my, my pathology results. He sent me to his pathologist for another blood test. Right. And the result came back exactly the same. And he right. said to me, he says, Hilton, I don't believe in miracles. But he said, this is nothing short of a miracle. Wow. Wow. So how did you react when you got that story? God had me on a path uh, to come to Australia. And, and so, yeah, and as much as it was difficult, the cancer journey was tough. It was, you know, I, I, I literally, often I just didn't have energy to do anything. Mm. And I kept working yeah. the entire time. Mm. <laughs> so, so I just, I, I literally would wake up in the morning, throw some clothes on, go to work, come back at 5 p.m., collapse, mm. collapse. Yeah, and then even when I was oh. in my treatment, I, I was I was just dead man. I always used to say that was you know people say how are you? I said dead man walking, but I'm good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, it's ironic because those those listen and there will be people listening who know you and have met you and have interacted with you. I mean, you have so much energy now. Like like I think you've you've said before, you know, you have two speeds, you know, non stop fast and then just off. stop, yeah, like off. 
Um, so, I mean, to think that you've been through this season and now it's almost the exact opposite for you yeah. is just, I mean, that in itself, I think, is a miracle. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many other things we could talk about. We're running out of time. So, just quickly as we wrap up the show, um, a couple of things that you've learned as a result of your journey that stand out that might benefit the guys listening right now. Mm. I think, you know, lean into God because I think, I don't know, I'm average bloke but I think I often underestimate God's abilities <laughs> it's blatantly honest I suppose um, because yeah he carried me man he carried me through that whole journey yeah. um, and, and it's so important to have that network of people around you mm. uh, and, 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 yeah. and go to them you know go to them because I think as blokes we kind of got this tough image or we, or we think we got to be tough mm. but we don't have to be, mm. you know. We can we can mm. lean on God, and we can lean on people around us. We that, that that network that we have around us is so so important. And if you don't have that network, find one, mm. you know, because they yes. they really really help me. Um, and and I think also the other thing is is just you know the the, the cancer battle is is fought in the mind. Mm. You know, mm. God never said this is the end of the road. Mm. And so I believed that God had something for me beyond this cancer. And I, I really believe that for a lot of people who struggle through the cancer journey, you just got to keep your mind focused on, on, on the positive mm. and on Him. Mm. And uh, mm. you, you can get through it because yeah. it is fought in the mind. Yeah. That's really good advice. Really good advice. And an incredible story too. Our special guest this week on Momentum has been the CEO of Bible League Australia and New Zealand, Hilton Edwards. We've heard his story of cancer. And one of the key things that we talk about, Des, and, uh, you know, on Momentum, yeah. and, and Hilton's just said at the end there in confirmation, is don't do life on your own essentially as a bloke. Yeah. You don't need to, you know. Uh, and yeah. it, it's a bit archaic, dare we say, to say that, you know, men now in this society, we need connection. It's healthy for us to have connection. And a point you to the momentum care line once again if you, you feel like a chat with someone about anything that's happening in your life whether it's health related relationship related finance related doesn't matter there's someone who would love to have a chat with you about that it's the momentum care line the number is 1-800-000-636 1-800-000-MEN or 636 of course reach out to the website momentumaustralia.org too if you'd like to connect with Des and I and of course, if there's people in your world that you feel like you can have a conversation with, we would urge you to reach out to them as well and get connected, have conversations. That's what it's all about. Hilton, thank you so much for being on the show today. We, we love the story. We love the fingerprint of God through that. We love the fact that there's been miracles and your advice at the end for the guys listening. So we just want to say thank you for coming on Momentum and being so open and honest with your journey, man. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. I love what you guys do and it's great to partner. You've been listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.